0: Welcome to the CRISPR revolution. This is CRISPR Cuts, a podcast dedicated to the world of genome engineering. Take a break and join us as we guide conversations with an expert CRISPR cast about this cutting edge science. Hi, thanks for tuning in to CRISPR Cuts. This is Kevin. And I'm Minu. And today we have a great topic lined up to talk about. We're going to go over transgenic animals.
1: I'm really excited about this. I've been hearing about transgenic animals more and more lately. In my mind, actually, when you say transgenic animals, something like the mythological chimera pops up. You know, this fire-breathing animal that was part lion, part goat, part snake.
0: Yeah, and I actually think of the hippogriff from Harry Potter. I mean, I think he was half eagle, half horse, or, or the centaur, who, who are half human, half horse.
1: That's really interesting, our perception, right? Because, I mean, we know that by true definition, transgenic animals need not even look different. So a mouse which has a single gene edited using CRISPR should not look different from a regular mouse. Even more importantly, let's talk about why do researchers play around with animals in the lab?
0: Yeah, I think there's probably a few reasons, right? But among the most important are probably to study disease models. One example might be to use mice to study diabetes, right? So researchers can alter the expression of insulin um, in mice, and then the mice develop symptoms that are basically the same as diabetes. Then you can look at things like giving them a new type of insulin, like maybe artificially made, and then see how it can treat those symptoms. Because yeah, the symptoms in the mice would probably be generally the same as one in humans, so it's a, it's a way to more easily test a treatment prior to starting a clinical trial.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. I remember actually in that not long ago, mice were the only animals that were being genetically modified. And even achieving that was so difficult, right? But the scenario is completely changing now.
0: Yeah, I think it's been many years that researchers have been using mice as a model organism to develop models to study different diseases. I think the first one, the first transgenic mice were created back in the late 70s, early 80s. It's still really difficult to make these transgenic mice today. So it's Kind of interesting to try to imagine what it might have been like in the 80s when people were really just learning how to do the like, basic molecular biology techniques, like trying to do PCR for the first time. CRISPR has really changed things. Researchers can now make transgenic mice in just weeks um, instead of the like, several months or years that it used to take. It's actually relatively easy for researchers that work on mice to now make knockouts or knock-ins.
1: Yeah, I know. Actually, a while ago, we were just discussing at lunch, which is the most exotic animal that people have eaten. And I wonder if scientists now play this game that what is the most exotic animal that you have crispered? Because it's becoming so easy, right? But one important thing is also to point out that they're probably not just doing it because they can.
0: Yeah, right. Different animal models can have a lot of value. Right, So it's important to use experimental systems that are closer to humans to study human diseases. In vivo experiments or in vivo results in mice, for example, they, they don't always translate to what might be happening in, in humans. It's generally better that what the researcher might see in uh, a cell line in, in culture outside of an organism.
1: Yeah, that's true, actually. It reminds me of a study I read last year about pigs. There's a huge scarcity of organs that are available for human transplantation and scientists have been wondering if they can use pig organs because they are quite close to human organs for transplantation into humans but then one major problem has been that whatever past viral infections that the pigs have had you know hundreds thousands years ago they have some DNA of these viruses in their genome. And scientists are worried, obviously, that what if this causes some problems in the human genome? So now, last year, what they finally achieved was they used CRISPR to cut out all these viral genome fragments so that they now have a nice pig genome with no threatening viral DNA, which is a very great step forward into cultivating organs for human transplantation, right? Yeah, that's
0: really cool. Like it's sometimes, I mean, I definitely would never think of pigs as a model organism for organs for transplanting into humans. But I guess it does make sense. I think I did read that physiologically, pigs are relatively similar to humans in a lot of ways. So it, it does make a lot of sense. So hopefully this work keeps going and we see it moving to the clinic.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if you think pigs were something that you couldn't have imagined, what about dogs? So another study, which was just last week, I think, was researchers have done gene therapy trials in dogs to try and treat muscular dystrophy. So, muscular dystrophy is a disease where people who suffer from it have mutation in this gene that produces the protein dystrophin. And this protein acts like a shock absorber in our muscles. Whenever this protein is absent, you have really weak muscles and people will just die of heart failure because heart is also a muscle, right? So... What they did now was that they just injected CRISPR components to repair that gene in dogs suffering from muscular dystrophy, and they actually saw that their muscles and heart muscles were much stronger than before. So this would be a pretty cool gene therapy if it goes into humans. And actually, you know what I was really surprised about? About CRISPR in monkeys?
0: Yeah, monkeys actually have been they've been used in research for, for, for years. But they're playing a larger role than ever. So, scientists are starting to use CRISPR to edit monkeys more and more. So, monkeys can be important models for things like infectious disease and complex disorders like schizophrenia or epilepsy. Actually, a lot of research in China is using CRISPR to edit monkeys. And just a couple of months ago now, back in June, Sarah Zhang had a really nice piece in The Atlantic highlighting the increase in CRISPR research in monkeys in in China. And actually a lot of researchers based in the U.S. are even doing some of their work in these labs in, in China.
1: Yeah, that was a great article. And it makes sense, right, because obviously monkeys are the closest animal models that we could study to look at human diseases. Apart from just disease models, there are also so many other applications where genetic engineering or transgenic animals can be used. So one thing that comes to mind is this fast-growing salmon. So Aqua Bounty, this company located in the Bay Area, they actually genetically engineered salmon so that it grows in half the time that it normally does to a full size. So this saves the company a lot of money and it the salmon reaches consumers faster. So that's like a very real life application for of genetic engineering, right? Seafood
0: in general, I was I read recently that farmed seafood makes up about half of all seafood that we eat, which is good in some ways because we're not out there fishing, removing seafood from the wild. But it also causes other problems, right? Like we have to then now come up with food to feed these animals. And actually one of the main uh, fish foods that that fish farmers use is are things like fish oils, right? So we often think of fish oils like the like omega three fatty acids in in salmon and, and other fish for their health purposes. But it's interesting that these are actually also food to feed other fish that are being farmed. But it's pretty complicated, pretty expensive, and non sustainable to purify fish oils to feed fish from other fish, right? So. Researchers are now looking into more sustainable ways to make fish oils using things like synthetic biology. And there's this interesting thing called the F3 Fish Oil Challenge, which is an international competition that is awarding researchers grants to find ways to make fish oil more sustainable so you can make fish oil more sustainably.
1: Yeah, and don't forget farm animals. One of the very interesting researches that I have recently heard about is about a researcher doing something about polling. So, polling is the process of removing the horns of cattle, and it's really painful for the animals, and it's also obviously very dangerous for the handlers because they might get hurt with the horns. But now, one researcher has actually proposed using genetic engineering to just eliminate these horns. And this would not just be better for us, but also better for the cattle that they don't have to go through this painful process. And it's a win-win situation, right?
0: So yeah, so moving from cattle to other, other kinds of livestock, another interesting way to use transgenic animals is this other study where researchers introduced a mouse gene that regulates body temperature into pigs. So this would allow pigs to maintain their normal body temperature in colder weather by burning fat, so the farmers or handlers did not need to, to heat the pigs. Interestingly, this had an sort of, the, I guess the original goal was to make pig farming more sustainable in terms of re- requiring less energy. But along the way, the pigs actually burned fat in the cold to keep warm. And the sort of maybe unintended consequences, we have now low-fat bacon.
1: Yeah, I can think of so many more examples, genetic engineering in goats to produce more woollen meat or resurrection of the woolly mammoth as public widely knows this project, but it's probably just taking some genes of the woolly mammoth and introducing them into genome of the Asian elephant, which is its closest relative.
0: So yeah, it really seems like CRISPR is, is quickly becoming part of our everyday lives. It's changing science, medicine, and now even the food we eat.
1: It's interesting to see how this will play out in the next few years. But of course, we'll be here covering all the latest news on our podcast, so stay tuned.
0: Thanks for listening to CRISPR-Cuts. I invite you to check out the Synthego blog, The Bench, for more great CRISPR content. Please send us any feedback you have by contacting us on Twitter. And if you want to join in as a guest on our podcast, email us at crisprcuts at CRISPR-Cuts is a scientific podcast by Synthego, produced by Kevin, Minu, and me, Bobby. Additional production by Resonate Recordings. Our cover art is by Jeff Merrick. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.